Well, I'm Mel. And I'm Tosh. And welcome to another episode of Mahogany Mammology, an online dialogue pertaining to the concerns and carefree parenting of Black motherhood. So, Tosh, what's on what's this week? What's what's on this week's topic? I'm, what's I'm on juiced. our mind? Yeah, what's on your mind today? What 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 they need to know about? So, of course, the intro. <laughs> to our lovely topic is that data from the Small Business Administration indicates that just over 19 million businesses or 70.9% of all U.S. businesses are white owned. So clearly we're going to be discussing, you know, black owned businesses, especially during COVID-19, right? Right, right. Blacks own about 2.6 million businesses or 9, 9.5% of all U.S. businesses. And Latinos own 3.3 million or 12.2% of all American businesses. Of course, sadly, due to COVID-19, it is suspected that 45% of Black and Latin um, small business owners say they anticipate closing within six months due to you know, the COVID-19 situation. It's very unfortunate. Another 41% said they were denied relief. So y'all know, you know, there is this, you know, COVID-19 business uh, protection um, relief package that was given, which is in the form of like either 0% um, loans or, you know, grants or whatever, right? So... With that, 41% said they were denied relief assistance when they applied. 21% said they are still waiting to hear if they will receive any form of assistance. 12% of responders said they have received a full amount of assistance they were eligible for, despite over half stating they requested 20000 or less. And that is according to the Black Enterprise article. Mm. <laughs> mm. Go ahead. So, you know, the obvious questions, you know, we'll dive into includes why the disproportion of fund disbursement, right? Yeah. You know, you know, and then second, is buying black more important today than 70 years ago? And then we'll talk about why it is and or maybe why it's not. So, of course, we're talking about if and why buying black matters today. So obviously, you know, we want to discuss just the whole concept of buying black or just having a black business. Um, obviously, history tells you we flourished or black owned businesses flourished after emancipation proclamation around that reconstruction era because you know, everything was segregated, right? They yeah. did not want to serve mm -hmm. us in any way, shape, or form. And of course, um, one would argue, one can make the argument that we probably see the decline of um, that black business once laws for integration came into place. So we're probably talking the 1960s when those laws oh, passed. Okay. Of course, you know, integration, not only being forced in the school system, but being for, you know, being 
um, well, being implemented, not forced, that's the wrong choice of word, <laughs> being implemented. It was kind of forced. <laughs> that's a whole nother oh sorry sorry y'all we're not talking about that today that's a whole yeah we'll, we'll work on that one for you but yeah go so, ahead so, yeah just implementation <laughs> not only in schools but places of retail and, and stuff like that so mm -hmm. you know they can make the argument that everything was a level playing field right so of course you're not there is no, I couldn't say there's no need, but you have more options if you are a consumer now as a African-American consumer than just, you know, trying to patronize just the black uh, business back then. That's all back I said. Yeah, back yeah. then. Yeah. Um, you'll also talk about what, what sectors were so successful um, back then, history tells you it was the banks and insurance, it was those general stores, it was the funeral parlors, which, is, which has an interesting history behind its profession, like how African Americans essentially were like the main funeral parlor morticians and things like that, and they became millionaires off of that, but that's a whole... Ooh, you, oh, okay, we, yeah, okay. You okay. know, okay. Behind that, of course, barbershops. Mm -hmm. So those are businesses that thrive, and honestly, one could argue continues to thrive now. Yes, right? yes. Death is always in business, but yes. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm mm -hmm. Barbershops, you know, always, mm -hmm. always, 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 always. Mhm. Mm and so I, 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 the next question, I thought we definitely kind of need to expand on, kind of okay. just talk about. And so I really put it in quotations. Why don't we do this? And it, so it's, it, it's more, why don't we do more support of black businesses? That's how I interpret that question. Okay. Okay. I didn't know you were going to, okay. Mm -hmm. Why don't we I support more? Yeah. Okay. This will be interesting because you're more of an East Coaster than I am. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I have family on the East Coast, don't get me wrong, and I cheer for my Steelers. But me being more of a West Coaster, there were not as many, and I will still say that there still are not as many Black-owned establishments on the West Coast than there are, I, I think. And then coming to where we, you know, live and reside here in the Midwest, Texas, or, you know, as some people call it South, than there are in the South. The South has way more. I can buy black faster here than I can if I, when I go re return home to California. Okay. okay. That's my first divot. You want to. No, no, I guess, I guess that's why I in my outline even put it in quotations because like you had mentioned or even alluded to i think maybe it's regionally based so one of the you know sets of data i did not even throw at you is you know what percent nationwide are these black businesses occupying so you know what percent mm -hmm. in the south are do you see you know black businesses as the total number of black businesses as a whole is it you know three percent on the west coast is it you know 60 percent in the south southwest you know what i mean that's that okay one um 
set of data to I should have just looked into. So that would also um, help answer that question. Why don't we do this? I don't know if we, if if I I don't know. You'd be surprised at what businesses are black owned because they don't market themselves as such you know they just have a general marketing scheme or something like that you you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean no I'm with you like I mean I, I I need to go google it but I really don't know what's that gentleman's name who bought all the um I think he owned the tech company the one who did all the Morehouse uh uh debt um Robert, yes, I, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yes, Robert, that. like, like I know him like on a first name basis, but I don't. I'm just calling his name like Rob. You know what I meant, Robert. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He he's on the East Coast, so if I'm correct, he's not on the West Coast. His company, right? Like, if I, we could Google it. You can Google it right now. But I feel like when you're looking at, and we'll look at Fortune 500 companies. A lot of these Fortune 500 companies are not black owned or have black CEOs. So you look at that percentage, right? So you look at where those are based. Majority of the Fortune 500 companies are not based on the West Coast. And if they are on the West Coast, they do not necessarily have a black CEO. I mean, I could probably count them, except, okay, so Kaiser Permanente was a health company, CEO. He was African-American. I say was because unfortunately he passed away in the last year. But his replacement, I believe, is African-American. So that's one. Oh. Mm -hmm. Okay. 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 That's one. Um, You feel my long pause, and it's not because I I don't know. know. Mm Mm-hmm. But you feel my long pause for a reason. Like, Mm -hmm. that's where I can... And then you have that big of a company, Kaiser Permanente, which is kind of like saying a Blue Cross Blue Shield. Sure. Name your area for those listening. Name your area um, hospital system. Sure. Because what's nice about Kaiser is they're not just a hospital, but they're also an insurance company. So pick your big name in your respective region. That is a Kaiser Permanente. For North, for all of California, right? So there's that. Facebook is is ran by whom again? Who leads that? Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, and then by the time you get down to what we own or who we are CEOs of, we're probably in the top one thousands. I was like, but you can, you know. I skipped. I, know I, skipped. At, I was going to say okay. Magic Johnson. He's probably in the 1000s. That's not Fortune 500. Hmm. Who else is out there? I mean, I'm saying we're on the list. Okay, so where's Magic Johnson? Like, his is in LA. Mm-hmm. Jordan was before him, and Jordan's is probably in either Chicago or Florida or New York. Jordan's office. I'll say obvi- the obvious answer would be Chicago, but yeah, I'm thinking it's one of those, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna. I mean, I know we're calling out sports figures, but like Serena and Venus, based out of Florida, they do work elsewhere. But I mean, the office, your physical office, is in Florida. Um, what's the other sports guy? 
Gabrielle uh, Dade, Dwayne Wade. His wine. I'm gonna say his. Wine. His wine is in California, but where's his office at? Where he live at? Where he live at? Florida. Kobe. Yeah, that foundation's in L.A. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying the laundry list is gonna be more your East Coasters. Mm-hmm. That whole Eastern Seaboard include. I'm gonna include Florida on the Eastern Seaboard. Okay. Okay. So you know that's that's kind of where I'm just like. And then look at your doctors. Okay, so that's like big name stuff. That aside. Mm-hmm. Let's look at our. Let's look at our everyday stuff. Our doctors mainly where? I mean, I found more doctors here in Texas than African, I did. In are Texas. you just referring mm-hmm. to like African American? African American. But then, but then the argument is you also have to look at you know population migration. You're going to see a lot more African American doctors where you see a high percentage of African Americans. Not, you know, so oh, so you just played right into it, though. Uh, that's why that's why the West Coast doesn't have as many right. right. By, the buying black yeah. buying black concern is because we don't have enough of us in that in those areas to populate out to various sectors. I was very fortunate. And when I lived in California, to have a black insurance lady in State Farm, they didn't pay for this episode. But I'm just saying, mm-hmm. it's easy. It's easy to find a hairstylist, no doubt. We we can do that all day long. But I, I think I don't know if it's a I don't know if it's a schooling thing or hey, after I get done with school, I'm staying where I'm at or going home. I don't know. I I. But yes, there's more. The, the things that we need on day-to-day basis or what we're accustomed, you know, black mechanic. I mean, um, the people that own certain companies, that's the reason why I'm saying like the insurance, because you typically own your insurance business. Um, you typically have ca- the caterers. Um, you know, I think it's easier to find more ethnic restaurants these days. It's getting better in California, but you know, you're able to find more ethnic-based restaurants, owned restaurants from Texas moving eastward. Do you not feel like you have a lot of ethnic restaurants in, in New York? Are you just like looking at me like I'm crazy? Oh, plen- oh plentiful. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean mm-hmm. that's a non, that's not even a question to ask. Yeah. But, but okay. to that we're also, I think, having a discussion on on the assumption on the assumption that we have all the other um, things behind the outcome of just having this business. And I know it sounds kind of crazy. Just hear me out. Just hear me yeah, out. Yeah, I'm here. So, you know going back to the question, why don't we do this? We may have, you know, had our business, but there are policies, there are things, you know, that have been put in place that kind of push us out. Mm 
that really uh, forces us to close down. So going back to why don't we do this, there may be a concerted effort, but, yes. you know, we're yet again, you know, the, the place that we're, you know, hosting our business or the building, yet again, you know, the rent is going up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yes, yes. The, the, the other thing well, could be, well, just buy the building. Okay, yeah, but you know, <laughs> we need to have credit. You know, we need to have good credit for that, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, I've, you know, they're, they're yes. just things that make it a little bit challenging, more challenging, obviously, as history will show us, um, to make us even have the longevity um, to sustain our business. Some some people didn't set themselves up for success. To a degree. You would, it sounds like. Is it marketing? Is it, I mean, well, I guess, and maybe I'm, I'm twisting it to like. I was going to say, you can't you say just like, say the marketing, but I'm like to my point of like, if you're, you know, leasing a space in a building and like I said, the rent goes up again and it's like, dude, you know, and now it costs money to go move all that stuff to another place yes yes mm-hmm. so you're weighing you're weighing you know the fact that like do i kick in you know extra dollars for this you know to stay here that just depends on what kind of profit margin you're you're getting monthly versus you know would it be more cost effective for me to move my stuff and try to move it elsewhere so you know there are things like that and you know I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I was like, I'll, I'll leave it like right there. No, no, because I mean, if you look at, it, especially in this, in this time that we're in a lot of companies, um, their doors were being locked, not just because of COVID itself, but the post COVID part. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, um, your rent still do. And having to negotiate that. Yeah. Like, Hey, we weren't open. Like, how do you handle that? Yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily a race thing or nationality thing, because I think that's just nationwide. A lot of business, small business owners are Mm -hmm. dealing with that. Um, I think, I I think kind of going back to a couple questions you were asking about before about PPP is why did this proportion in fund disbursement, um, and the numbers kind of were shocking to me, the percentages that you had mentioned. Shocking that I was surprised to me it was that high. I thought it would be lower. Oh, as far as the number of Black-owned businesses? No, 21% uh, still say they were waiting. Oh, okay. um, the 12% saying that they re- received their full amount. I was expecting 10, yeah, 5. Yeah. Um, and I, I know it sounds like more of a negative view, but I think um, – a lot of well-known corporations were getting the money and played, played a system and played a lot of people. Cause we, we, I think nationwide, we have this conception of small owned businesses are your mom and pops are your, we have one brick and mortar building or less, or we, you know, it's not, I don't think that many people really saw a small, a small, a small business was a um, was a Perry's or a, a TGI Fridays. Mm-hmm. Whereas, guess who was getting the money? 
guess who got the money first before anybody else? Your TGI Fridays, your Perry's. Um, and, and the reason why they were able to get people are like, well, they've got a lot of employees because there's like requirements, right? For those moms or whoever's listening, there, there are requirements, right? You have to have a certain number of people. Well, they're franchises. So what they were doing was each location or each owner, because, you know, there's ownerships mm-hmm. within there. Each ownership was getting money or each ownership has like less than 150 employees. So that's a loan. So even though it came from like Perry's, like they were able to use or leverage, leverage that company's accounting firm, <laughs> their team, their financial team to say, hey, did you help us file this paperwork so we can go get that loan, that PPP loan? Did they where, have to kick back? I'm wondering if they had to kick back a percentage, you know, like each and, and how much? I don't know. Okay. Then like, but like, for example, there are certain hotels where we see the name brand of a hotel, but they're owned financially by different quadrants or different people or groups or another corporation. That corporation can go file for PPP. So... So we're we're honestly answering our own question then. Why don't we do this? Look at this. Look at these examples that you are describing to me. Now, you know, there are some, you know, black businesses that are probably on that level, you know, obviously that that yeah. are able to do that. Um you know, in my opinion, it's my just mine. I mean, what percent of that of those are at that level, you know? Very small. small. Yeah, I was going to say it's very small. small, you know? I mean, I know one company here in Dallas that is a, I guess, developer. Mm-hmm. Um, they probably did file for PPP. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I know there's certain requirements, but I don't know them all very well. Yeah. Um, I will say I feel like why, why aren't the numbers higher? Also, too, with the fact that the corporations, they got a heads up about the loan, like at least a week in advance notice that this loan was already going to be approved. And got, if I understood correctly, <laughs> I know rumors, but they could apply in advance. Mm-hmm. So while it opened up, like, you know, the certain day, go in there, log in, do what you need to do, or go, go get it. Well, other people were, there was already, it was already applied to like other corporations that already started receiving the money by the time other people had applied for it yeah so where does that come to i think you know i was reflecting about um one of our previous guests dr alicia mckay one of the first things she talked about with us um in that mompreneur episode was having a relationship with your financial um your bank and I think why don't we do this or why those numbers are not higher? One of the reasons is the relationship with the bank or ha- and or having a financial team, having a team. And I think that would have helped the numbers be better. Um, I don't know if we help each other out better. I think we, we have the concept of buying black as um, or support as financially buying which is which is absolutely true that's the, that's the outcome the Absolute, ultimate that's outcome. 
that is the ultimate outcome. Not here to deny that. I don't mm-hmm. need the side emails. But I think also in terms of buying black or buying black women or, you know, the mantra is if you cannot physically purchase, what other way can you support? Invest. Mm-hmm. And did you tell another black person you invested? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, don't just keep it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to have to, you know, keep keep the thing going. So um, I feel like those numbers could have been higher if maybe there was more people who were financial people, you know, had went to their maybe favorite black-owned coffee shop or what have you, or, or maybe had forwarded information, or even had said, hey, um, hairstylist, there's this PPP, and look, girl, I know you do hair. Maybe filling out paperwork's not your game. Let me help you. Can I help you? And maybe those those numbers would have been higher. I don't know. I'm we'll never know. I, yeah, I'll say I don't know who's to say. Who's to say? But then that does lead to our next question. You know. Oh. Yeah. Why do we need, or how do we lend support? I know we we talked about if you can't contribute financially, you know, other ways investing, promoting. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, whether you like it or don't, just you know, just a quick share on the social medias. You know, how do you know if you don't know? Yeah, and you'd be surprised. Like you'd be surprised, and the people you would assume would assume have known about it or whatever due to their popularity or what have you had no clue and then you just put them on yep all it's it's interesting because all it can take is easily just one share Mm -hmm. um i actually you know funny enough um i had heard about uh like the flip out shoes hope i'm saying that right um they're like the little folded up shoes, like you can buy. Oh, oh. You go to the club and then you oh, know, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, got yeah, switch yeah. your shoes out. I know I'm saying the company incorrectly. I apologize, but um, it made me think of that, like in terms of okay, well, I had you know looking for something to invest a little bit of that lovely money, a little bit of money, and um, actually one of our previous <laughs> guests um, had posted on Facebook that that particular company was uh is looking to build a retail little like you go up and kind of like a vending machine mm-hmm. and to get the shoes or maybe whatever product that happens to go into those machines and looking for investors and honestly the investment is like starting at 250 dollars mm-hmm. and if it wasn't for that guest posting about it Never would have even thought about it. Sure. So, I, I mean, I do I do agree. People need to, like, post um, about it. Um, let someone know. And I think that just takes people, you know, dedicating it, you know, one moment. Oh, you know what? Someone may be interested in this. Mm-hmm. Or providing even, like, a, a, a review testimony, you know, to the company. Yeah. And, and hopefully they will post it and then tag you and then your friends see, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you like yeah. that product, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why, why do you think, like, we, need we don't support? do things? Or just why, oh. why are we like this? 
why are we um like i mentioned um what i alluded to kind of before is that we we have so many um brands to choose from mm. you know and some people may argue a myth you know i'm about to debunk a myth you know some yeah feel like well if it's uh made from a certain race or ethnicity the quality might not be as great we already know like you know how they do business is not you know of the same quality as you know this other race of people so you know that's that's probably one um reason why you know people like luxury things so they want to buy you know luxury stuff yeah Yeah, things so it's like you know yeah i can buy both you know i don't have to be exclusive to one that's true you know that's very true yeah i mean i think the quality definitely takes you know into a part i definitely try to buy black first if i can Mm -hmm. (laughs) um i think there's probably like one thing i haven't purchased that well not haven't there's like a brand I haven't purchased because I did not see really good reviews. So I, okay. I would agree. And that's fair too. Like, and that's mm-hmm. just like with anything, you know what I mean? That's not mm-hmm. like a, a personal attack on you or anything like that. You know, I want it as such that there's such an abundant amount of black businesses that I can be like, Oh, I like this one. I don't really mess with this one too much, you know, without it. Yeah you know, take it personally because, you know, hopefully you find your tribe of customers and you will thrive and, you know, stuff like that. So I do make a point to, you know, buy black first and that's just it. I'm like, that's just it. You're going to find some that have good, you know, customer service and quality, great customer service and quality. And you're going to find some that, that don't but that's not you know I'm not shaming or anything like that Uh, so do you think it's more important today than gosh I mean you mentioned earlier 70 years ago Mm -hmm. to buy black do you think it how how, or or how important do you think it is yeah I feel like it's I feel like we're living the same we are living the exact same as we are 70 you know 50 70, (laughs) 70 years ago Mm. so yes it's it is the same amount of support we need to be providing then right now you know king and x spoke about you know uplifting the black community back then it is the same thing now like we have to do that (laughs) so (laughs) it's very true it's very Mm -hmm. true um you had touched on like integration and um I totally forgot that we were going to do this topic the other day. Like, I remember we talked about it, but um, so my husband had mentioned he was talking about a Facebook group he was in, and they were talking about Jackie Robinson, the Hall of Famer. Uh And he, and not that he was making a point, but it was, um, I guess somebody had said, hey, you know, Jackie, when Jackie went over to the national mainstream side, that, um, that basically it destroyed the Negro League. 
Okay. In terms of business, in terms of business, like if you look at the which it is, right? It's a mm-hmm. business, mm-hmm. and it's so he it destroyed it, and um, and so as he as husband's talking to me, I was like, well, how could that be? Like, how could how could it was because of him? Yes, in a way, I can see that, but um, to me, it was like. Jackie and others around that time went to where the national slash mainstream corporations, media, those who give dollars for what is now called sponsorship, um, was that. And that was in the national non-Negro League areas. Whereas I feel like as time has gotten us to today, it's like this pendulum shift of now that we have seen our value, if you will, in terms of buying power, now it's like, oh no, you, Coca-Cola, <laughs> use an example, you come to our stuff and you sponsor our stuff, i.e. you look at Essence, you look at, um, you know, Nesby or various predominantly minority organizational events or programs or things now the pendulum kind of has shifted. Oh, here, here's here's some money for you. We'll we'll buy into, you know, supporting. And now I feel like with this PPP and this pandemic, um, the pendulum kind of shows itself a little bit. Like, oh, well, since there wasn't a affirmative action, right? There wasn't anything written. Um, we'll we'll shift our pendulum. We're well, relationship half, halfway. <laughs> halfway right like well since you can't see what we're doing right because there's nothing that I I want to say nothing they I have yet to see a document that lists out every single company and how much every single company got oh with this loan thus far Mm -hmm. that will never ever ever I know happen never because truth be told those the top 10 you know if there were ever such a document the top 10 recipients would be fortune 500 companies Mm -hmm. because of the employee number Mm -hmm. mainly yeah so i think it is important to to still buy black because of this pendulum because we need to show our worth um, and also, too, representation matters. I think we've talked about that on several occasions, you know, um, how we buy products. You know, my sister and I were talking about makeup the other, today, and she's like, I- I'm not going to go watch a YouTube video with someone who's Caucasian because their pigment's different. It's going to, you know, the, the product that they're using is going to be different. And it would have been nice if, you know, the things that our kids have today we didn't really have, you know, that type of representation back then. And I'm using makeup as uh, as one example, but um, the books, you know, um, just overall, like even those book publishers, I'm hoping that they got a PPP loan um, or even, you know, our universities. Um, or maybe that's a different type of loan. I don't know if they got Like, I don't know. They accept federal money too. So Yeah. Um, so I don't know if they have, the, I feel like there's some other type of loan that they, they were qualified for, but just like, just the representation part of it, you know, to help them stay alive, uh, I think is important, you know, um, I don't think we had a lot of that. 
but to your point back to universities the one yes. thing you might ask is well you know how did this loan affect maybe hbcus during COVID 19 because naturally you know hbcus are usually not the ones receiving a large amount of um you know fed dollars of money you know compared to some of these um larger um institutions so i, I wonder i wonder you know what what that looks like even well, I did see an article, and I don't know how true it really is, but I did hear one of the HBCUs is going to have to do layoffs. And I know, granted, all universities are going to have to do layoffs, but or furloughs, or they're really sure. you're looking at. But I think a lot of a lot of the non HBCUs have a larger endowment money yeah, or money yeah. in their pocket to mm -hmm. play around with. Um, and are able to either do hiring freezes a lot, you know, they can do different things to um, flatten their financial curve yeah. um, issues. Whereas um, I think some of the HBCUs can say we're already struggling. It hurts itself. us the most. Yeah. Yes. We're getting hit harder and, and faster. Mm -hmm. um, especially when you look at, you know, you don't have students on campus, there's no food, there's, you know, anything that goes along with at this time of the year, um, or, you know, as people are listening to this, we're taping in May and it's graduation season. Right. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of traditions. I think like what it, or back in April, I could be off on my months, but like that's like Spelman's founders weekend or month or time frame, Right. So there's a whole, thing with that so you have people who come out for that well that didn't happen so yes it definitely definitely affects financially yeah so yeah that was a little sad thing but yeah i mean yeah. you know why why i mean it it promotes economic uh, prosperity obviously history shows you you know when we had our black wall streets you know everyone was thriving mm -hmm. We had a larger amount. We had a higher number of successful African Americans, income wise, business wise, you know, high, high, you know, thousandaire, millionaires, things like that. It promoted economic prosperity. And the government found a way, and kind of like similar to PPP loan, <laughs> found a way to yeah. cut, disenfranchise. Disenfranchise. <laughs> I was like, say it what it I, is. You're right. Disenfranchise uh, the businesses. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Why we need to do it? It promotes community building. Mm -hmm. You know, and of course, self-sustainability. Back then, Black Wall Street, I'm using that example again. No, yeah. Really, we really did not need the assistance of our former masters. So, you know, that's, that's to me, that's, that's why, that's why you buy black. So I definitely think we can still rise from the ashes of it all. Oh, I, oh my because God. Because of that, because of that. That's the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement. Like no, remembering no, yeah. what, we, like, what we did right. I'm like, I think if anything, this, you know, as we're living in COVID-19, you know, I think, I'm definitely seeing a trend of, you know, the need or the want to buy black, mm -hmm. promote um, any and all 
areas of, you know, black owned businesses, you know, so which we've seen a thrive in hair and makeup and stuff like that and clothing way back when, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so and people getting creative about it. So um, mm-hmm. I think that's fantastic. I, I just, I hope those who are listening will um, go and talk to those businesses, you know, maybe that they're buying from and, and not just tell them that you're, how you're going to support them by buying dollars, but you know, pr- promote on your, on your social media, help them out, you know, mm-hmm. don't, um, don't be silent about it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you have a product and you love it, promote mm-hmm. the heck out of it, man. Mm-hmm. I'll yeah. And buy that full price. Yeah. Uh, well, as yeah. much as you can. I know if they're offering discounts and they're offering discounts, but don't, don't have a lot. That's all I'm, if I, my request. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't yeah. haggle too much. <laughs> oh lord have mercy so so yeah that's it that's all i've got well beautiful well for those of you who do have businesses um as you know we are what over thirteen thousand downloads strong so um, mm-hmm. we're here to help y'all out too so um inbox us email us um we're happy to talk with you about promoting your brand on our show um, and also via Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, and let's continue the conversation through our listener comments in our group as well. You can email us at mahoganymomology at gmail.com and check out our website at mahoganymomology.com where you can find previous episodes. And of course, we have merchandise too. Not as much as y'all do, but we're here, here to help promote <laughs> yours. Um, <laughs> and until next time, I'm Mel. And I'm Tosh. And we thank you for listening to Mahogany Mammology. Bye-bye.